Mem. All right, Daf Mem. Daf Mem Amud Aleph, page 40. Moving along in Teire. We are up to Taima de Lulav. All right. Does not mean the taste of a Lulav. So uh, let's count how many lines down we are. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven lines from the top of the Amud. All right. Now, our Gemara is working off of the Mishnah that discussed that during Shemitah, one should buy, pay, purchase the Lulav Hadas and Arava, but one may not purchase the Esrik, right? Because Esrik has Kedusha Shemitah, and the Lulav does not. We had a question, what's the difference between a Lulav and Esrik? And we responded that the reason why you're allowed to pay for a Lulav during Shemitah is because branches follow the growth and since the Lulav Hadas and Arava primarily grew in the sixth year because we know that Sukkis of the Shemitah year is only two weeks in right so since it mostly grew in the sixth year you follow the time it started growing when it started to grow on the tree however the Esrug we brought various proofs that it's considered like a vegetable and therefore it has the Kedusha not based upon when it grew but based upon the picking off the tree, and if an esrog is plucked from the tree in the Shemitah year, that carries Kedushas Shemitah, okay? That's the difference between a lulav and an esrog. A lulav tells the beginning of the growth, an esrog follows the picking. Here we go. 11, final top of Mem Amad Allah 48, says the Gemara, Taima, the reason that you're allowed to pay for a lulav. Because we're dealing with a lulav, that really grew in the sixth year and was picked in the seventh year, you're allowed to pay for it. But it seems that a lulav that started its growth during Shemitah, you would not be allowed to buy it the eighth year. The year following Shemitah, you should not be allowed to buy, pay for a lulav because it took on its kedusha during Shemitah. Am I, but is that true? Is it true that a lulav, which is simply a branch, takes on Kedusha Shemitah? Eitzim ba'almahu. It's a stick. Be'eitzim ein ba'em mishum Kedusha Shviyas. And eitzim, a simple piece of wood, does not have Kedusha Shviyas. You know how we know this, the Tanya, because we learned in Abraisa, Aleikonim, Aleikonim, leaves of reeds and leaves of gefen, leaves of grapevines. A person picks it up from the face of his field. Locked on Lachila. Why'd you pick it up? If you picked it up and collected it because you want to eat them. Now, what does it mean you want to eat leaves? Why are you eating leaves? So we're not dealing with necessarily like using... First of all, you could use leaves for tea leaves or things of that sort for flavoring. But it could even mean um, for, as, uh, as Rashi explains, for animal food. It could even be to feed your animals. So then, if I picked up the leaves of the grapevine or leaves of the reeds in order to be consumed, then it has Kedushas Shemitah, a, a branch and a leaf. Locked on the But let's say I just gathered it for Eitzim. I want wood. Why do I want wood? To light a fire or to use as coals. Then, Ein Behemishum Kedushas There's no Kedusha Shviyas. So what's the Gemara's question? Very simple. 
according to what we're saying, a lulav takes on Kedusha when it starts to grow. So a lulav that starts to grow in Shemitah is going to have Kedusha Shemitah. Ask the Gemara, why? Something only has Kedusha when you intend to eat it. You eat it, your animal's eating it. Something gets stam, piece of wood that's going to be used for coals for a fire, let's say, doesn't have Kedusha. So why should we have Kedusha? Now, let's pause. We understand the question. Let's try on, in our own minds to try to finagle the answer. A lulav itself doesn't fit into either category, right? Is a lulav eaten? No. Is lulav firewood? No. So what ground does lulav stand on? If it's going to be food, it should have Kedusha Shemitah if it grows in the Shemitah year. If it's considered like coals or firewood, then it should not have Kedusha. Where do we place it? So let's, let's see the Gemara. Says the Gemara, shiny hasan. The halacha of the leaves that do not have Kedusha Shemitah is different. Because it says about branches, lachem, when it's got to be for you to have Kedusha, which means to be eaten. Lachem dumi lachem for you is similar to eating. Me, ready for this? Doesn't mean that a mamish needs to be eaten, but it at least needs to be similar. Listen, this is going to need explanation. Rashi and the Kikim will explain. But when does something take on Kedusha Shemitah? Not only when you eat it, but. When the benefit takes place like eating, how so? Yotsu eitzim shanaosam achabiyurin to exclude firewood that tana comes afterwards. I want to pause for a moment and talk outside. Okay, let's talk outside for a moment. When you eat something, when is the food used up, lost from the world? When you're benefiting from it, right? You take a bite, now you get benefit, and the food's gone. The benefit, what you're using to benefit yourself is used up at the time the benefit is happening. You understand? Right? When you eat something, the benefit and the loss of food is happening simultaneously. As opposed to firewood that turns into coals, what happens is like this. The Shemitah wood... First, turns to coal. It's no, then once it's a coal, it, you start benefiting from it to cook your food. Once the wood is lost, the benefit happens afterwards. Says the Gemara, beautiful. You know which type of growths retain Kedusha Shemitah? Not that you have to eat it. But anything that is similar to eating, when I'm benefiting from it in a way where the benefit and the loss is happening simultaneously. So now think, let's, let's talk outside for a moment because there's no way for us to chop this in our terms without the Rishayim. According to this, stop me if this is confusing. According to this, a lulav is being used up at the same time as its benefit. What shaykh is? What shaykh, how, do you, how do you use up a lulav the same time as the benefit? So, in order to understand that statement, we have to know that a lulav in the times of the Gemara was not only used on sukkahs. A lulav 
was a natural broomstick. And the same way, when you have these, you know, uh, you know when we were kids, you know, that the, these brooms with the, the straw on bottom, right? And as you sweep, the straw gets diminished. It starts to get used up. So to the lulav, the way that people would benefit from the lulav, away from the mitzvah, is its benefit would get used up at the time that you're gaining from the sweeping. And therefore, let's bring this full circle, a lulav has kedusha shmita. A lulav has kedusha shmita because it's like achila in that its loss comes about through, uh, at the time of its benefit. As opposed to leaves and branches that are used for firewood, that does not take on Kedusha Shemitah. Because the benefit from those things only happen once they turn into coal. Says the Gemara, There are some wood that you don't wait till it turns into coal, but you, while it's on fire as wood, you're gaining from it. Says the Gemara, true, but Amarava stam eitzim that's not the usual way to use it. And therefore, you follow the usual way that the wood is used, and it's usually used to turn into coal first, and therefore standard wood or leaves is not going to take on Kedusha Shemitah when it grows in the seventh year, even when it emerges from the tree, as opposed to a lulav, which is similar to Achila. It's lost at the time of its benefit. That will take on Kedusha Shemitah like food, period. Okay. End of that discussion. All right? So what we just clarified is, the Gemara started out, 11 lines from the top for today. The Gemara started out with a question. It seems that a lulav has Kedusha Shviyas if it starts to grow in the seventh year, because you follow when it emerged, as we learned yesterday. Ah, how's it possible it has Kedusha? We learned that wood doesn't have Kedusha. And the Gemara, lulav is not wood. Regular wood is used for firewood. That does not have Kedusha Shemitah. A lulav, which is usually used to sweep the house like a broom, so that is similar to eating, and that does have Kedusha uh, Shviz. Now that we've answered that potential contradiction between what's the nafkamina between lulav and regular wood, now we're going to focus on whether what the halacha of wood actually is. According to what we just said, regular wood does not have Kedusha Shviz because it's usually used as firewood. So we're going to discuss that halacha once we mentioned it. We're going to get into that a little bit. This that you look at regular wood that it's meant to actually be cold. Tanoihi is a machlekes tanoim. You're not allowed to take things that have kedusha shvius and pour it into a pool or a laundry uh, detergent, not a detergent, a laundry uh, mixture, right? Back then, they didn't have the washing machines. They would uh, put soap and water, right? And they would have the soap. And then sometimes they would want to add things that have Kedusha Shviyas. Let's say a nice smelling juice that has Kedusha Shmita. Something of that sort. The halacha is, you're not allowed to use Shmita, any, any, any uh, Shmita juice, to add to these things. Rabbi Yaisi, I'm your maizen. Rabbi Yaisi says, it's okay. Interesting. Okay, so one says you're allowed to use the, sh- the juice of Shemitah. The other one says you're not allowed to use the juice of Shemitah. Now, my turn Tanakama. Why does the Tanakama say you're not allowed? It says that 
the, the fruit of Shemitah must be eaten, and you can't use it for anything else. You can't use its juice, because uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, you know, be, be uh, a dye for your white shirt. You now want to wear a pink shirt. Can't do that. It's got to be la'achal. My time with Rabbi Yaisi. Why does Rabbi say it's okay? It's for you. So whatever you want it for. Lachem means for you. When something's mine, I can do what I want. Right? I own it. No. You don't need to eat it. Okay. Now what's the obvious question? The Tanakhama has the word has the word uh, backing him up. That it's got to be for food. And Rabbi Yaisi's got a pasuk of lachem backing him up. So now we're going to have to go back and forth in classic Gemara style, which is going to take us on to Ahmed Bey's back and forth, why one follows their own Pasuk and not the other. Here we go. According to Tanakama, who says that you can only eat it and you can't use it for laundering and things of that sort. So um, what does the Torah mean when it says Lachem? It's yours. You can do what you want. No. Lachem is not telling us you can do whatever you want. It means you can do whatever you want as long as what's in, as long as it's within the parameters of the akhla, meaning the same way by eating the benefit and the removal of the food from the world, the digestion happens simultaneously. Which excludes these other things. The hana doesn't happen at that time, right? It's only after it's used up. Do your clothes does your clothing or something of that sort benefit? But it's not happening at the same time. Okay. So he's so uh, the Tanakama is saying that lochem is a qualification of la akhla, not a contradiction on the akhla. Rabbi says you could use it for whatever you want. I why does it say la akhla? So he'll say ahumi la akhla. Doesn't la akhla that you you got to eat it and it can't be used for dyeing or soaking? No, it just means It can't be used to turn into medication. Kidditani, we learned in a bright. So, how do you know what it means and not med- medication? So, maybe means no, not doing laundry. Now, this is very interesting. The going to question it. But, Lachem tells you that you could. You could. It's yours. You could uh, do laundry. Yeah? If you could do laundry, why does it say you can only use it for eating? It means eating and not. Uh, medicine. So, la'achla is including laundering and excluding medicine. Says the Gemara, <laughs> why are you including laundering and excluding medicine? What are you talking about? Where do you see to exclude the laundering and to, ex- into, uh, and to, yeah, to include laundering and to exclude the medicine? Top of I'll tell you what. You know why? Because everybody needs clean clothes the same way everybody needs food. However, not everybody needs medicine. And even people do need medicine, they need different types of medicine. Not necessarily from things that have Kedusha Shemitah. Okay? And therefore, if I'm going to include something similar to eating, fascinating, we'd think that medicine is more similar to food. Right? Because they're both directly impacting the body. No. Since medicine and uh, since uh, food is actually more similar to laundry because everybody needs it, medicine not everybody needs. Okay, Gaval. Zav to Gemara. 
Man Tongotam Rabbanon, who is the Tana of the following Brysa. Kedusha Shmita. Food that has Kedusha Shvias can only be eaten. It can't be used for medicine. And you're allowed to use it for eating, and also not for ziluf. You know what ziluf is? Rashi says ziluf is uh, scent, uh, the air wicks that people plug into their walls. I forget what the, I forget what the, uh, well, air freshener. Very good. It's an air freshener. Yeah. Back then, the air fresheners were made from like diluted wine. All right. So you're you're, you're allowed to use things that have kedusha shmita to eat. You can't use it as air fresheners. You also can't make from it apik toizen. Okay, what's apik toizen? So we don't have this much nowadays, but apik toizen, Rashi tells us, is a breakdown of the word. It literally means to, to uh, throw up. Apik is to remove, and zun, hazones ha'ilam, is to remove food. What they would do back then to be very heavy and obese you know, uh, would be, uh, you know, it was like a, a, a sign of beauty. People would eat a lot. And um, sometimes they'd eat so much they'd get sick. So they would take some sort of uh, pill that caused them to apic zone, to throw up the food. Right? Ipecat syrup. Huh? Ipecat syrup. Ipecat syrup. Okay. It allows, it allows the body to remove unwanted food. Okay. Now, so what's the drush over here? Kedusha, the things that have Kedusha Shmita, okay? You have to, you, it's, it's allowed to be used for eating. It cannot be used for medicine. It cannot be used for air fresheners. And it cannot be used to uh, cause someone to throw up. Come on. Who's the ton of that price? Saying this drush. It's got to be Rabbi the Rabbonon, because if we're following the Rabbonon, Ha'ikonami Mishruk Vusa, they would also say it's coming to exclude using the juice of Shemitah for your laundry. And since we don't mention that, it seems that it is allowed. And the Trebiasi, who's of the opinion, who says you're allowed to use, you're allowed to use La'achla even for laundering. Why? Because it's similar to La'achla. Everybody needs it. As opposed to, listen to this, it's fascinating. Does everybody need medicine? No. Does everybody need air fresheners? No. Does everybody need, uh, you know, some sort of uh, instrument to cause you to throw up? No. Okay. So Mamela, those things are not considered achila, and therefore you would not be allowed to use kedusha shmita, as opposed to laundering. Everybody does need. That's Rabbi Yaisi. Beautiful. Okay. Amar Rabbi Rabbi Elazar says we're now going on to a brand new topic, a brand new conversation. Okay, it's going to take us down to the to. It's going to we're going to finish off the daf with this. Go on to tomorrow's daf with this conversation. I want to introduce Omar Abulazar. Let's talk outside. All right, so here's the deal. In the Torah, we find that when something is hectish, when something has kedusha, there's two ways to get that kedusha off. One way to get the Kedusha off is to sell it for something else through a transaction. Okay? I have um, an animal that belongs to the Bedek Habayas of the Beis Hamikdash, to the upkeep of the Beis Hamikdash. 
the Beis Hamikdash could sell the animal for five hundred dollars. That animal now is chulin, and the five hundred dollars takes on the kedusha of the animal through this business transaction. All right, that's one way. We've we've come across that multiple times. <coughs> There's another way that hektish can lose its kedusha, which is that the owner, without selling it, just in, either in his mind or he says, the $20 value of this hectish is now going to be transferred onto the money. That's another way that it works. Okay? Fine. Now, Rabbi Lazar is going to tell us that that is true when it comes to Dine hectish. However, when it comes to the holiness of Shemitah, the only way to remove holiness of Shemitah is with a sale. You can't just go ahead and say, according to Rabbi Lazar, and this is going to be the conversation. According to Rabbi Lazar, he's going to say that even though by regular Hulun there's two ways to remove Kedusha from Hektish, when it comes to Shemitah, there's only one way. And that is a full-fledged sale. When there's a transaction. Okay? And we're going to see why Shemitah, according to Rabbi Lazar, is different than um, a, a regular situation of Hektish. Here we go. Says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, Ain't Shviyaz B'chalel Tzalderach Mekach. Shemitah can only be Mishalach, can only have the Kedusha removed from it when it's sold. Rabbi Yechon Amar, Rabbi Yechon says, no, not true. Bein derech mekach, bein derech Whether it's a sale, or whether you just are mechal, you just transfer the kedusha onto money, that works as well. Okay? So Rabbi Yechon holds that this, that Shemitah works the same as a standard kedusha. My time to Rabbi what's used for Rabbi that it must be a sale? Yoiva, we know, has the same halacha as Shemitah. And next to Hilchas Yaival, it says, When a person sells his land, and uh, land is only sold with Mekach and not Chil. So the Hekish, interestingly, it's fascinating. According to Rabbi Lazar, a Hekish of a, a sale of, a, um, of a, a home or land because the halachas are next to Hilchas Yaival, is going to tell me that Yaival and Shemitah can only work through a sale. Rabbi Echina, my timer, Rabbi Echina, what's his reasoning, who says you can do it no matter what you want. He says, listen, it says Yaival has Kedusha. Yaival is called Hektish. That's what happens by Yaival. It's Hektish. It's Kedish. What happens when something belongs to the base of Mikdash? How do you remove the Kedusha? Two ways. Through a sale or through Stam, transferring the Kedusha. Yeah? It's Kedush. So the way, any way that Hektish works, this is going to work. Okay. So now in classic Gemara style, like we said before, Rabbi Lazar has a Hekish backing him up that a, the, the Kedusha Shemitah can only be removed through a sale. And Rabbi Echenon has the word Kaidesh backing him up that it's like regular Hektish, so it could be a sale or a transfer. Why do they argue? Each one's got, what are they going to do with the other one's proof? Here we go. 
They want to do with the hekesh of kisim karu memkar. It seems it needs to be a sale. No, he agrees there's a hekesh, but for something else. The tani lent the rice. Come and see how careful you need to be to observe Shemitah properly. Even the dust, the extra halachas of Shemitah are so powerful. How so? Listen to this. A person who's not allowed to do business with Shemitah produce does business with Shemitah produce. Says the Torah in a tekish. Lesaif in the end. Meicher, that's where the sale comes in. Not that it's only transferred through a sale, but the Torah is hinting to us with a hekish. In the end, you're going to sell as metaltalov, as kalov. You're going to sell all your movable objects. You're going to become so poor. You don't take care of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's land, of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu owns. You're going to lose what you own. Nebuch. A person is going to be left to return and that's why you got to get into the land. You're going to sell your, you're not only going to sell your you're going to be selling the real estate that's been in your family for generations. Alright? Why? Because he didn't treat Shemitah with respect. Says Rabbi Echina, the Hekesh to Memkar is not just telling us how, is not telling, is not telling me how to remove the Kedusha, rather it's telling me if I'm not careful with Shemitah, you're going to end up selling everything you own because you're going to be so desperate for money. Okay? Now, Rabbi Lazar, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yechanan said that you could do either one. Why? Because it says Kaidesh. The same way, Hektish, you transfer the Kedusha either through a sale or through your own removal. So, so too by Shemitah. Why does Rabbi Lazar argue? Rabbi Lazar, not why does he argue, but what are you going to do with Rabbi Yechanan's proof? It doesn't mean that it's like Kedusha. Rather, just like by Kedusha, it also latches on, grabs onto its value. So to by Shemitah, it grabs onto its value. In other words, I would think that maybe when you buy uh, Shemitah, uh, Shemitah fruit, all right, you did not bear it. But who says that the money becomes Kedusha Shviyas too? Says Rabbi Lazar because it says in the Torah, Ki Yoyvel Hi Kaidish. Ki Yoyvel Hi Kaidish, letting me know that the money as well is going to become Kaidish. It's not here to tell me that you can, you can just transfer over without a sale, says Rabbi Lazar. It's coming to tell me that the Kedusha does grab onto the money. Okay. So that's the Machlaikas. All right. Just in a nutshell, let's wrap up what the machlekes is before we get into the before we get into the proofs. Again, <coughs> Rabbi, Rabbi Yalazar is of the opinion that shemitah can be removed only through a sale. That's how it transfers onto money. Or Rabbi Yechon holds it could be removed through a sale. It could even transfer onto money through a a uh, uh, the per, the owner's personal transfer. I'm just transferring the kedusha onto this money. Okay. Tanik Mazda Rabbi Lazar, we have a Bryce that seems to prove or support Rabbi Lazar, who holds that you need a sale. And we have a Bryce that seems to support Rabbi Yechon, who says either or. Tanik Mazda Rabbi Lazar, we have a Bryce like Rabbi Lazar, which says, Shvi is Taisefes Estomeho. 
Shemitah grabs on to the money paid for it. So too, Shemitah grabs on to its value, and it is usher to, to, get your, to, to use for sale and to benefit from. Says the Gemara, but one second. When it comes to hektish, when the Kedusha is transferred on to the money, what happens to the animal? It's chulin. What happens, though, when you pay for Shemitah fruit? I would say, oh, so when you pay for Shemitah, well, okay, didn't have error. The money went on to, the, the Kedusha went on to the money, and the Shemitah fruit, you could do what you want with. It's now chulin. Talmud Leimar says the Torah, no, it stays, it stays exactly how it is. Okay, it's on. So what's going on over here? Here's what happens. Ready for this? If a person takes, uh, takes uh, gathers their paris, their apples and oranges from their fields, and they take it to the butcher, and they purchase meat with the apples and oranges of Shemitah, you know what has Kedusha Shviyas? The apples, the oranges, and the meat. If you bought fish with meat, it keeps going. Your meat now has Kedusha. And you take your meat to buy fish, right? It's economics. Stuff keeps going. The butcher now has, to, he, he doesn't only want to eat meat, he wants fish. So he uses that to buy fish. So then what happens is, however, the meat loses its kedusha and it goes on to the fish. So what's the bottom line? That the original fruits retain the kedusha, but at the once that happens, whatever's remaining from what was bought is what keeps the kedushas shvius. Fascinating. Now, it says that you use the fruit to buy the meat. He bought the meat, to, he took the meat to buy the fish. He took the fish to buy the wine. He took the wine to get the oil. So on and so forth, right? Every, in every case, how did the transfer happen, says Rabbi Lazar? It says you bought it. It transferred because you bought it. You see from here, that the way to transfer Kedusha Shemitah is through purchasing and not just through chilul, not just through, you know, transferring your own uh, the kedusha on your own. That is a brisa, which says you bought it. That seems to support Rabbi Elazar. Okay, but Rabbi Yechon also has a backup. You have a brisa that also supports Rabbi Yechon that you don't need to buy it. It can even be a personal transaction, a personal transfer. I'm sorry. Whether it's Ochashvias or whether it's Meiser Shani, you can be Mishalel, the Kedusha of Meiser Shani or Shemitah, onto a Behema, Chaya, or Eif. Bein Chayan, Bein Shchutim. Whether it's alive or dead, Divir or Bear. We're going to have a separate problem that a person might start. Um, raising flocks and then he's going to hold on to them and then you're going to be mixed up what has Kedusha, what doesn't have Kedusha we're very concerned about Meiser uh, hanging around but the bottom line is from this Brisa, what we need to pull out of this for our sugya to support Rabbi Echanan how is the Kedusha being transferred? through a sale? no all it said is Mishalun. Yeah, 
you uh, you, you make it you make it by transmitting kedusha onto something else. You don't need a sale in order to make that happen. So that is a brisa. Um, that is a brisa supporting Rabbi Yechon. Okay, so what we just clarified is shitas Rabbi which is shmita can only be transferred through a sale. Shitas Rabbi Yechon that shmita uh, could be transferred even through regular chil. Okay, now. How did we see that? Because there's a brisa where we have a machlekes between Rav Meir and the Chachamim, and the Chach- both agree mischalim. The shaila is, you know, when you're allowed to be mischalim. Okay, that's the shaila. So let's just explain this machlekes, and we'll hold it here for today. Amar Rav, Rav says, I want to explain that the machlekes, the machlekes between Rabbi Lezer and the Chachamim, top of tomorrow's daf about Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion that you could transfer Kedusha whether the animal's alive or dead and the Chavim say no, only if it's dead. If it's alive you're going to start raising herds and herds of these things you're going to have trouble. So that is only Bishar. The Machlekas is when it comes to males. Now Rashi explains the reason why there's Machlekas by males because males usually are not kept around long. They're not kept around long. They're not used for breeding and for having children. But when it comes to transferring the Kedusha onto female animals Everybody's going to agree a female animal you can only transfer the kedusha if they're not or if they're not here if 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 they're if they've been killed if they're not alive, okay. Um, so only al shchutim mischalim because everybody's going to agree if you keep it alive you're you're entering dangerous territory you're going to have too much kedusha people aren't going to be handling it properly al chayin imischalim gezera shem yigdal ben agdarim because of this gezera that somebody start might start raising uh, you know herds or flocks of these animals which, uh, you know, in halacha, we're going to run into trouble with, we can't afford that. That's, and uh, that's a robust clarification of when Rav Meir and Nakam argue. Period, end of that discussion. But again, why are we bringing that down? That whole machlekes, Rav Meir and Nakam, is only because both are in agreement that the Kedusha is transferred through regular chil. That was approved to Rav Yechanan, going back to Hilfah Shemit. Okay, we'll hold it there for today. And Bezem, tomorrow evening, we will pick up from... Omar Rev Ashi. Beautiful. Yes, I get the Nach Bezem tomorrow evening at 6.35.